Good morning, Matis. Good to have Shabbos, everybody. And before we get to tomorrow, we have the privilege. Let's start with Baruch Hashem, a big Mazel Tov. The reason why it's Good morning, Matis, and not Good morning, Nachum, is because Nachum, Stacy, and family, Baruch Hashem, in Chicago, celebrating the Ufruf of Mirza Hashem, their new son-in-law to be. Eitan Zuckerman, Amir Hashem is marrying their daughter Yonina this forthcoming Thursday night. So we say Mazel Tov to the Siegel and Zuckerman families. They should be Zohar to have a great deal of Nachas from this new couple. The couple should be Zohar to build a bias Ne'eman Yisrael, giving Nachas to them both families, and to all Israel. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Lech Lecha. In Parshas Lech Lecha, we do have one of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah. We follow the count of the Chinuch, and we have the second mitzvah of the Torah, namely that of the mitzvah of Mila, circumcision. And, interesting, tonight... In the opening paragraph, introduction to the Kiddush, we conclude that Hashem rested, become lachto from all his work. Ceased is a better word because it's no exertion for him. Hashem bara Elohim, which God had literally created, colon laasos to do. What does that to do mean? Our rabbis understand it to mean that Hashem created a world only so far, and he left the rest for man to complete, quote, the job, to complete the world. And so the Chinuch explains in Mitzvah 2, in his paragraph, which is entitled, which he has in most every Mitzvah, Mishorshe Mitzvah Zu, giving us some understanding and the root reason for this mitzvah is that not only that Hashem wanted that His people should have a permanent sign in and on their bodies to differentiate them from other nations, He concludes by saying that Hashem did not create man complete and perfect from the womb in order to teach him that just as the perfection of his physical form is by his own hand, so too does it lie in his hand, within his means and power, to complete his spiritual form, development, and worthiness of his actions. A very interesting insight into Mitzvah's Mila. I'd like to focus on the beginning of the parsha, whereby, as we all know, Abraham Avinu is tested, as is taught in the fifth chapter of Avos, with ten tests, and he passes them all. What they are, we have no time to go into now. Interestingly, the fact that there's a famine in the land as soon as Abraham gets there, and 
he immediately goes down to Mitzrayim, is that passing the test or not? According to Rashi, he definitely did pass the test by not complaining to Hashem and saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? You told me to go to Kena'an. I came to Kena'an and now there's no food. What's going on? This is not what I bargained for. So according to Rashi, Avram passes the test by not complaining, accepting, and being that good soldier. According to the Rambam, this is not one of the tests, because indeed, according to the Rambam, he would say, Avram, I don't want to say the word, but maybe F-A-I-L-E-D. What does that mean? It means, according to the Ramban, given who Avraham was, given that he had a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, given that he was spared and saved miraculously from the furnace when he was thrown in Ur Kazdim, Hashem would not have let him die in the famine. He should have had greater trust. He should have stayed in the land of Canaan. However, whether this was one of the tests, he certainly passed the test of Lech Lecha, meaning leaving the land, community, family, and literally starting a whole new life. Now, the Rambam in the first chapter of the Laws of Idolatry gives us a good deal of the background, how idolatry came into being, and how Avram Avinu understood, wrestled with the fact that if there is a world, there has to be a world maker, known by many as the watchmaker theory. The world is too big for us to understand. But if there's a watch, for sure, the pieces just didn't fall off the table by themselves and fall together and closed. And now I have a working watch. But rather, if there is a watch, there has to be a watchmaker. If there is a world, there has to be a world maker. And he were taught when he, at the age of 40, says the Rambam, was so convinced of this fact that he could not keep it to himself, but rather went out, challenged, debated people on this point. And he broke the slamim, the idols, showing them that they have zero power, it's worthless and wrong to bow down to them, and they are to be smashed and broken. And therefore, when he had convinced too many, the king, Nimrod, wanted to kill him. He was miraculously saved, and he went to Choran. And he continued to preach, reach out to the entire world, teaching that there is one God, and only He 
Is it worthy to serve? And he went from city to city and gathered many persons. And I quote from the Rambam, he had Achnis Kapsu a love until he had gathered unto him Alofim or thousands, Urivavos, and tens of thousands. And they were Anshe, the members of base Avraham, and he implanted in their hearts this great principle. He composed many books according to the Gemara in Avodazara, Yudalid Amibes, no less than 400, perhaps essays. We don't know the size of these books. He taught this principle to Yitzchak, who in turn taught it to others, and specifically Yaakov. He pointed Yaakov as the teacher of this. Yaakov taught whoever came to him, and Yaakov taught Derech Hashem, the way of God, Vulishmor Mitzvos Avram, and to observe the mitzvos that Avram were preaching, which is, we have to say, the seven mitzvos B'nai Noach. God gave Noach when he came out of the Teva, the seven mitzvos, and this is what Avram Avinu taught. The Rambam teaches us that he had thousands of disciples, so I'd like to ask the obvious question that when Yaakov comes down to Egypt, why is it that he has but 70 souls, the immediate family, children, grandchildren? What happened to all the converts? So I'd like to suggest a very fascinating answer given by Rav Moshe Avigdor Amiel, Zechrona Levracha, who was the Rav Rashi of Yafo Tel Aviv, an excellent darshan, and he suggests the following idea. What does it mean when the Torah tells us that when Avram complies with Hashem, he takes Sarai, he takes his nephew Lot, he takes his possessions, and the nefesh Asher Asu B'choran, the souls that he had made in Choran. Now we know that you cannot make a soul. As much as people have tried in the laboratory, you cannot make a soul. So what does it mean, the souls that Avram made? So Rashi teaches that Avram converted the men and Sarai converted the women. Now we don't have the exact curriculum as to what it is that he taught them. But you have to say he taught them Zion mitzvos b'nei Noach, the seven mitzvos of Noach. But what was special about this, quote, conversion? So Rav Amil suggests very sharply the following. Hanefesh asher osu b'choran. The conversion was teaching man that man is no longer a subject. He's no longer, excuse me, an object. Rather, he is a subject. He's important. Now, what does that mean? Watch. We find in last week's parsha of Noah, Hashem says, Kates kol basar bo The end of all flesh 
referring to man and mankind as flesh. Hishchis kolbasar, all of mankind has become corrupt. Ouch. Man was reduced to basar, flesh. Now comes Avram Avinu and says, I have to tell you, everybody, that you are not flesh. What are you? You're a nefesh. You have a soul. You were created in the image of God. You are important. You are that subject, not simply an object. Wow. And this idea that Avram taught this concept of nefesh applies especially in the area of marriage, whereby Avram says to Sarai, tell them you're my sister, in order that in order that my soul will be saved. His soul, when it interacts with Sarai, his soul is elevated through marriage. And that's why I'd like to point out a very interesting phenomena regarding marriage. We, the Jewish people, under the chuppah, have two ceremonies. Originally, these two ceremonies were separated. They are the erisin, betrothal, which is the closest thing to a halachic engagement, and then the nisuin, which is the actual marriage of the sheva brachos. And the bracha is such a strange one. The bracha says, Hashem kitshonu b'mitzvosav, we thank God who commanded us with, and sanctified us with his commandments and he, with his commandments, v'tzivonu, and he commanded us alvaroyos, regarding the forbidden sexual relations, regarding forbidden unions. Why would we start a bracha with that which is forbidden to us. And we continue, who forbade betrothed women to us, that after the ring ceremony, which is she's betrothed, she's still prohibited to have intimacy with her husband until after the Sheva Brachos under the Chuppah. And the point behind this is a beautiful one, that before there is that connection between the husband and wife of they become one flesh. Prior to that, there is this spiritual connection of the Sivanu Alvaroyos, that which is prohibited to them, but there is at that time not a physical, but first comes a spiritual connection between the husband and wife. What a beautiful idea! And this is what makes Jewish marriage different from marriage in the secular and world at large. So the idea that is being communicated, where are all these many converts? No, he did not convert them with Shabbos, Tfilim, Taras HaMishpacha, and Kashros. He converted them that they should realize, wow, how special, how important they are, how special, how important we are when we realize that we are not only Basar, but we are Baruch Hashem Nefesh. And this beautiful accolation which Avram Avinu
taught the people then has given us that very special closeness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and truly it's ascertained through marriage as Kavayochol HaKadosh Baruch Hu says Ve'erastech li le'olam this character relationship between the two of us is one of Erisin is one of Nefesh and that is eternal how blessed we are to be of the family of Avram. Shabbat Shalom to all.